Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to episode six, 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 six in the six of the Dream Team Podcast. I am your host, Jake Schultz, and join with me as always to my left, Zolfi Shake. What's up, what's up? In my middle is Spencer Kloss. Hello, everyone. And to the right of me, Mr. Daniel Ramos. What's up? How's it going, everyone? How are we feeling? Lots to talk about, my friend. Lots to talk about. Game five of the NBA Finals was last night, and it did end up being the last game of the NBA season. It's over. It's all done. The Denver Nuggets finally are your NBA champions. Let's get into a little bit of a recap, shall we? Just dive straight into this because there is a lot to talk about from last night. Game five, Denver looking to win their first ever NBA title while Miami looks to stay alive. Just one team in the NBA Finals history has ever come back from 3-1. We all know that story, Mr. LeBron James. They had uh, Kevin Love on that team too, so it's possible. Didn't happen though. And they needed a hero if they were going to get there. Tyler Hero, to be specific, was active for the first time since the first round series against the Milwaukee Bucks. Will he be an impact player tonight? No, he didn't play at all. Just didn't play. The old DNP. Yeah, just uh, was a little strategical play by Spool there. Did not play. Uh, did this game ever feel like a dog fight? First quarter now, absolutely insane quarter with massive runs. Miami gets the first five points of the game, and then the Nuggets go on a 12-0 run, with Miami going scoreless in five straight minutes. That's not the first time they do that this game. Don't seem too phased by it for this run. Struess runs down the field, slams it in, and is clearly fouled by Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Replay shows that he slaps Struess's hand. St- Stan Van Gundy responds by saying, it's not a foul if it's hit on the hand. That makes sense. Sure. Good stuff. Bam out of bio. <laughs> Two plays in a row now. Gets the end one in successions. Heat go on their own 12-0 run, and in comes DeAndre Jordan. The GOAT. All right. Getting those Reggie Jackson minutes. Three minutes on the night. There's a ring before CP3. I'm just putting that out there. He did get a block, too. It was a nice block that he had. In the second now, Miami up two. All Miami, all cruising. Kyle Lowry turning back the clock. Strips Jokic. Robinson can't get it to go, but it's rebounded by Adebayo, who finds a streaking Robinson for the layup. Heat up seven at the half. Denver shot just 7% from three in the first two quarters with nine turnovers. Absurd. Third quarter now. Gabe Vincent tries the long three, no good, rebounded by MPJ, who finds Murray out in the corner. Bang, that's a tie game. Next couple possessions. I'm just going to list everything that happened here because it was kind of insane. Bam misses, then Gordon misses a dunk. Then Lowry misses a three, rebounded by Martin, who then turns it over. Then KCP misses in a wide-open three. And then Butler misses a crazy shot. And then Murray turns it over. Before Martin just lays it in. That was an insane possession. That was basically a normal possession in the 90s, by the way. Yeah. So basketball was back then. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous basketball. Miami up four. Absolute mess right now. This wasn't, though, this the pay by, lay by Jokic. Passes the ball away to Vincent, who passes it to MPJ. Goes through the legs. Crazy move through the bucket. Next play drains a three. MPJ showing up in game five just like he needed to. Uh, just Denver's third three of the night was that one. He had a double-double in the end of the third. Really responded there. He, the Nugget take their first lead since the first quarter. Not for long, though. Back and forth. All fourth quarter. Martin misses the three, but Kyle Lowry gets the rebound. Immediately jacks up a long three. No hesitation. Gorgeous shot by Lowry there. Raptors fans are all too familiar with that one. 
heat up going into the fourth. The entire thing was just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Final minutes now. Heat going a five and a half minute drought once again. Nuggets up seven. Jimmy Butler rises for the three and hits it. Just his third field goal of the night. KCP responds with his own three, and then Butler comes back again with another three. Then next possession goes again for another three, but is fouled on the three-pointer. On replay, it looks like Butler kicks his leg out, and would the call be reversed? Nuggets review. It takes a long time come back from a commercial break there with the review. Uh, it was apparently fine. Insane. Refs, refs said that... Uh, it was a natural ball movement. Terrible call. Sure. Butler hitting all three of his free throws there. He hits all of 13 points for Miami in a row. 13 straight points, all Jimmy Butler, no one else. Back and forth, back and forth. Denver up one. Last minute of the play now. Butler goes down, gets tied up, and loses the ball. And Miami has to foul to send KCP to the line. Hits them both. Nuggets by three now. Just 24.7 seconds away from the first title. Clock is ticking. Butler gets the ball, looking, and shoots a contested three with that much time on the clock. A lot of time left on the clock. No good. Denver now just seconds away from history with Miami with one last possession. searching. Looking, looking. Finds Struis back to Larry. There it is. Three-pointer. Won't go. Rebound called off. There you have it. That's the game. The Denver Nuggets defeat the Miami Heat 94-89 and win the Larry O'Brien for the first time in franchise history. Jokic unsurprisingly being called the Bill Russell final MVP. What a moment you hear in that clip. The crowd exploding. Denver wins on their home court, and Jokic and Jamal Murray are now NBA champions. What a ride. Immediate reactions? Oh man, immediate reactions. There's a lot. It's. I think it's always super, super cool when a team wins their first ever anything. So the first time in I believe 47 years for the Denver Nuggets to win a Larry Ob. So that's awesome for them. Kudos. In terms of this game, this was a wild, wacky game. Basketball again, as cliche as it sounds, is a game of runs. They went back and forth. Uh, Kyle Lowry had an impact in this game. He made it a very Fantastic. Kyle Lowry game. He turned back the clock. He was also putting a lot of pressure on the refs to make calls, which, again, like I was saying this off the pod, if Denver had lost, all we'd be talking about is the officiating in this game because there were some wild calls in it on both sides. But at the end of the day, there's a reason why De- Denver Nuggets in five was the most popular pick. They are the better team. Like I brought up this tweet before. But the Denver Nuggets are basically a balanced team revolving around generational talent in Nikola Jokic, and the Miami Heat were tomfoolery and the power of friendship. That, that's all. That's all they were. <laughs> that's a fantastic right? Description. They were. They were the eighth seed who were punching w- well above their weight, and their season completely turned when they blew that three nothing series lead to the Celtics. Since being up 3-0, they have won two games. Yeah. They lost eight games after going 3-0 on the Celtics. You just weren't going to be an NBA champion after that. You look like an eighth seed, and that's what it came down to. When the Miami Heat are playing like as good as they were up until that point, this w- there was a series on hand. But when they turned back into an eighth seed, they really had no shot against this Denver team that was special. Like We can get into Jokic and kind of the run that he had in a, a bit later on, but 
this Denver Nuggets team hit five threes and won a finals game. Not once, but twice. To do that twice in today's NBA just shows how special this team is, and they finally got some contributions outside of their stars. And that's kind of what, what put this game away. Miami was leading at half. They were winning this game. They had every right to be in it. Jimmy Butler had his chances late, and I'm sure somebody else is going to address the type of game Jimmy had and how he looked at the end there, despite having those 13 straight points, which was incredibly impressive. But my initial reactions are Miami had a hell of a season, but ultimately came up short because they reverted back to who this talent level, like where this roster really was. And Denver looked like how talented they were, and that is an incredibly special offensive and defensive team. So kudos to them, hats off, and it's fun to see a new champion. Denver got punched in the mouth that entire game over and over and over again. Nothing was falling for them. Like seven, you said 17.9% from three, and they won the game. That is, I think, a testament to how strong this team's morale is and just how good they actually are and when they're able to get production. Finally, we've talked about this at length this whole series, that they just needed to get some more outside of Jokic and Murray. Michael Porter Jr. finally showing up. He didn't shoot well again, but inside the paint, he was effective at driving the paint, and the Heat couldn't stop anything in the paint. They were trying their zone defense again. Wasn't really working out well. I just think that the Nuggets looked so much better, way more composed, and especially on, I think the most impressive part was when Butler scored those 13 straights and that they still responded back. You could see they're getting a little nervous because it was a little bit getting scrappy towards the end. They kept showing the bench. Everyone's like, calm down, calm down. But they were able to do it and put it away. I think it's it, like, it's fi- it took five games for them to do it, and I think that's even more impressive that everyone's just like we, – we, we all spoke throughout this the whole time for the podcast. We are like, okay, don't count out this Miami Heat team. Don't count this Miami team, Heat team. They're going to keep coming. Heat culture, we wrote it. I, I took them three games straight. I thought it was going to happen, and – the Nuggets just responded every single time. They came out there. They won in a different way every single game, whether it was Aaron Gordon being the star player or it was Jokic and Murray putting on tremendous performance or a more balanced game like tonight. They were, they were the better team. At it the end was, of the day, they, they were the one yeah. seed. They, they played like the one seed. They showed up that they were the one seed, and they rightfully deserved their first ever NBA title. Your, it was, your two stars played historically great, while the stars in Miami played just good. Like they had moments, but they were just good. And that's not bad normally, but when you're taking on a team like Denver who had their two stars play historically great, like we saw like Jokic's numbers and what he put up, the first 30-20-10 in a finals game. He like We'll go over his stats in a bit. But Jamal Murray, the third most assists in a first final appearance ever behind just the likes of like Michael Jordan, I believe, and I I can't remember the other person. But Jamal Murray was an all-time great facilitator. He had the best run by a Canadian player in playoffs history. That says a lot. There's been 10 or 9 Canadians to win a championship, and he had the best run out of all of them. Like This was historically great by this team. Yeah. um, I also want to mention that the Nuggets also missed 10 free throws. Yeah. So they missed 23 three-pointers, 10 free throws, and won the game. How? Not getting in the paint, I guess. Uh, Like I said... They out-rebounded them again. Yeah, it just it just seemed to be that Denver would just had the more sustainable game plan all throughout the series. Miami was going to live and die by the three, and I want I know you guys kind of talked about the game generally, but I wanted to bring up a specific run. I think it was the third quarter. It all started with you mentioned in your recap. It was Caleb. No, it was Gabe Vincent mm. from almost the logo yeah. three pointer. 
uh, bricked it. They come back the other way. Jamal Murray hits a three in the corner, so that's a three-point swing. Yep. Then they came back down and took another bad shot, and then they came back down the other way, and MPJ hit a corner three, so that was another three-point swing. Mm-hmm. And then even all the way until the end of the game, when Jimmy Butler took that three when he didn't need to, fully contested, it just it was just a story of uh, some bad decision-making. Um, and bad three-point shooting. feels like Miami was reeling a little bit there, and it felt like they knew that their time was ticking, and they just felt like someone felt like they had to step up in that moment and had to make a big shot because they were trying Jimmy Butler. I guess let's just get into Jimmy Butler right off the bat. Um, He really struggled in this game. Uh, Jimmy Butler is now, I think, two... He just has just two wins when facing elimination in the NBA playoffs. Everyone talks like, and I don't want to sour on him too much because this team would be nowhere without Jimmy Butler, right? Like, let's get this straight. Like, everyone is out there basically crapping on him today, being like, oh, it was a terrible performance, this, that. This Miami Heat team, regardless of the outcome, just put on one of the greatest Cinderella stories ever in NBA history. They were just the second team ever to make the finals off the eighth seed. They're the first play-in team to make the First play-in team. They lost their first play-in game. They lost their first play-in game, and they took one from the Denver Nuggets at home when no other team could do it. Jimmy Butler ran out of gas. It's a fact. It looks like it. He's tired. Whether he says it or not, I think his ankle did bother him. I think that he's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine, but no athlete really is going to admit that. And this team was just always going to be as far as Jimmy Butler ran. And I think that for everyone to be sitting here and just chirping him like crazy, it does not sit right with me because, yeah, he didn't play well, but where would this team be without him? Yeah, man. Like, it's so obvious that he was so tired by the end there. Yeah. Like, again, not a great performance. And that shot at the end, everyone's questioning it deservedly so because it, it was a questionable shot it kind of looked like like a no f's given kind of shot you know like it's like oh like i'm gassed we're getting outplayed i'm just gonna jack a shot up what was it 14 seconds left it 17 was? i think 17 seconds left. they like had tons of time to make two plays yeah like that that can't happen but at the same time yeah like it just literally felt like jimmy was like all right that's that's it like i'm i feel like he called the game with that yeah, he was looking to win the game right there. He didn't care yeah. about going to overtime. He wasn't trying exactly. to extend the game. He was like, screw it. I'm going to try to win the game with this shot and end it here. And th- like you said, Dan, like he, he was he was gassed. Like he was super tired. Dude, it's so obvious. Yeah. Like, the it, thing that bugs me more about um, the final possessions wasn't even that shot. It was the play before. He drives it towards the basket, gets mm-hmm. caught up. And then he pivots, Jamal Murray's on his like inside shoulder towards the basket. And he, in that moment of pivoting and turning or even getting to the basket, not once did he look like he was thinking about shooting. Not once did he look like he was going to even attempt to go up. And then he passes it out and it gets picked off on the pass that he was trying to send to, I believe, Kyle Lowry or Gabe Vincent, one of them. Like, like this isn't a case of like Jimmy not being good in the finals. You saw his last finals run in the bubble. It was historic. He had one of the, some of the best games we've seen out of an individual player in the finals. So Jimmy Butler knows how to rise up to his moments. So something else was clearly bothering him, but it just sucks that he looks so lost and defeated out there at the end of this game after willing them back into it with that 13-0 run by himself. 
it's it's just weird. It's weird that he just completely shrank in those final seconds. And like you guys are saying, there there has to be some reason why. Like I I don't really know exactly if it was if it was like injury fatigue what, but just seeing him turn on such a dime was was weird to me. Especially with scoring 13 straight points, for that one play to look so passive, yeah. and for not driving and going up, felt really out of it. And I think that like. I don't know. It's it's strange. It sucks that that this is how this run ended, but to look at this as any other thing than a, like a, it's not a failure at all. I don't know why people are even saying that this is a failure. I've seen it everywhere. Like it's not a failure. This Heat team exceeded expectations. I think that they're not done. Like if this is what they can do at the eight seed and make the finals, yeah, some Cinderella stuff happened there and there. But they have some question marks going into the offseason with some free agents, but. I think, why can't this team come back again? Well, it already has been reported that Miami is supposedly looking to land a star this off season. They always are. They're always yeah. It's in Miami the Heat. They they can, they can, like I actually believe that they could get a, a star this yeah. off season. So. Hey Jake, you you said it right. It's it's not a failure. So you know what I have to say. Oh God! Oh, God. All right, we made it 17 minutes in. You got steps to success. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Gorgeous. You stuff, set it man. up. You set it up. I, I had, had to. Say to. It. I had to say it. Do we think a star could be Dame Lillard? He's the name that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. He yeah. also said he wouldn't go if they won. So and they, they didn't lost, win. So. Well, that's the thing. Everyone thinks they're going to trade for someone to play with Dame, but what if Portland just decides, hey, we actually like our young core and we're going to trade Damian Lillard. I don't think people uh, are realizing that. That feels like the biggest gut punch, I, I don't think. I think if they traded Dame, it wouldn't be because they're choosing the young core. I think it's because Dame's saying, like, yeah. hey, I want out of here. Yeah, but, he, but Dame's pretty much telling them to make a choice. There is a hypothetical. Yeah, the choices Spencer, make this team Spencer, better with me. There is a hypothetical. Right. Like he is telling them to make a choice. He pretty much He's said if you're drafting third overall, I'm like, um, gone. Yeah. There is a hypothetical where Portland just does take whoever there is at number three, and just move on. Right. Like that. Yeah, that is course. a strange Wait, hypothetical. Keep Dame as well, or move on from. Dame? No. Well, Dame's not going to stay. Dame will leave if they they take that pick. Yeah. Exactly. It's just that is a realistic option. I I. Personally, like you, you see everyone like making the mock drafts, being like, okay, well, yeah, like everyone's gonna go get Portland and help. I don't. I think I'm leaning more towards Portland just staying and Dame leaving, and I think Miami's the perfect place for him. I think Miami, especially like they've been looking for that top guy who will push them over. Like you already have Jimmy, who has shown what he can do, regardless of how he played in the finals. He's shown what he can do. Bam Adebayo, he was great. Hats yeah. off to him. He answered big, all the he questions. had a yeah. tremendous series, and we mentioned that he had to be the X Factor in order for them to do something. He was the X Factor. He was tremendous. Tremendous defense. I know there's a couple of plays where Jokic was literally just pushing him and bearing yeah, down Jokic on the way. Jokic. You, can but, do no, you can't do anything about that. I turned a leaf on Adebayo because I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of him. Same. I was very hard on him, and I... I have nothing bad to say about him after that finals. This team is still going to be here next year. I think they'll be even better. I think the possibility of adding someone like Dame is very intriguing, and it's certainly possible. I think it's the only real next step they can take outside of their guys in Strews or Robinson developing more and being more reliable shooters, but that's their M.O. Though, like Spot-up shooters are kind of like that. They they have streaky like periods where they're making all their shots and then they have times where they're not that's just how those kind of guys work so and Gabe Vincent is going to be a question mark he's going to get paid this offseason who knows if it's with Miami or what team but if they're trying to bring in Dame they're probably not going to bring back Gabe Vincent on, on a nice contract so I think the next logical step for this Miami team 
is to add somebody who can take some of that pressure off Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo isn't that guy because he's not a ball handler the same way Jimmy Butler is, or a shot maker, and none of their like secondary guys can be that person to take off that offensive responsibility. Kyle Lowry just isn't that guy anymore. No. So he'll be there, he'll play a role, but they need somebody alongside Jimmy to kind of like ease some of that pressure and make it easier for him in the long haul. So a guy like Damian Lillard would make sense. They are having a couple guys coming off their books. Kevin Love will be a free agent. Gabe Vincent, another one that's probably going to get a bag somewhere. He had a lot of big moments in the finals, and yeah, he didn't play great some games, but he, I think, has proven himself as probably my favorite undrafted player aside from Duncan Robinson on that team. Like He, I think, is going to get a big... But Max Drews is... Uh, I don't know. I don't he know. finally had a decent game, yeah, but it's like, just one game too late. I don't see anything wrong with keeping him off the bench. Just... I think that'd be fine. Cody yeah. Zeller, a free agent. Well, you got to keep Cody Zeller. There's no question. <laughs> about Big this. one rebound last night. He played yeah. one minute and was a minus five. That's almost <laughs> impossible. That's how bad he was. And he got a rebound, which means there was a a shot missed at some point. Yeah, in that he went minute. 0 for one in one minute, and he was a minus five. <laughs> like, Oladipo wow. as a player, he's gonna opt in, right? He has to. What's his contract? Yeah. How much is he getting paid? It's, uh, it's uh, his AAV for this year was nine mil. So. But if, a guy if with an injury in, history like that, player options nine and a half million dollars. It doesn't matter if it's Damn. two million; he's taking it because he's not going to get paid by anybody. Yeah, just turned thirty-one. That's Oladipo has to be one of the biggest tragedies in modern. Yeah. It's tough, man. They happen all the time. Yeah, but he's so good. On he was yeah. very good, but so was Grant Hill. Um, That's why I said modern. Before we move back to the Nuggets, there was one last thing I wanted to talk about Miami because I know we the, the champions. We should probably be talking about them, but I think. I'm curious if you guys, just to kind of wrap up Jimmy Butler, what are your thoughts on him? Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Probably. You think so? The, he's, he has a 98% chance right now, and if he wins a chip, he's going to have like a 120% chance. Because there's people discrediting him, saying he doesn't deserve the Hall of Fame. Six-time uh, NBA All-Star, Eastern Conference Finals MVP, All-NBA Second Team, All-NBA Third Team four times, all defensive te- second team five times most improved player steals leader 2021 yeah he's and he has an olympic gold medal he's absolutely going into the hall of fame i always just go back to tracy mcgrady like is he better than tracy mcgrady all time probably so he should probably be in there when their careers are said and done he's going to be a better player than paul george was and most people think paul george talent wise is probably a hall of famer mm-hmm. he's also someone that's kind of a tragedy if you think about it paul george yeah if he never broke pandemic his leg. p Oh, come on. <laughs> As we're mentioning him breaking his leg. Sorry. Yeah, that's, the that time, is ruthless. The timing didn't add up well. The pandemic P Typical stuff was... Toronto fan. Don't bring that up. That is such an overrated narrative. Don't bring that up. Uh, I will rant about that for the rest of my life. I could too, but, man. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler's Hall of Famer. There's really... I don't think there's much of a conversation about it. I think okay, fair enough. I, I'm yeah. glad we all agree. I I also agree that he's a Hall of Famer. I, yeah. I just see people discrediting it. Like, like I said, I mean, the, the, narrative, the main narrative I'm seeing right now is Jimmy Butler's overrated, which I think is a stupid narrative. <laughs> the knock against him is that he doesn't have, like, a key trait. He's not one of the best shooters of all time. You probably wouldn't call him one of the top five shooting guards of all time. It's just that he's been so impactful in helping his team win. And like Dan pointed out, the accolades are most certainly there. Oh, it's just that yeah. you're never going to remember him for that one key thing. Because unless he gets his team a title, which then he'll be one of those guys like Dirk, and Giannis, obviously not with the same team his whole career, but to go on one of those like individual runs. So would you credit him more as a star or a superstar in that term? 
Uh, I would say he's a star. If I'm going superstar, I think of like your best players of all time, which Jimmy's great, but I think he'll probably end his career as the top 100 player of all time, but he's uh, superstar to me is like your top 25. Also, guys, it's not exactly hard to make it into the Hall of Fame. Easiest Hall of Fame. Yeah, so, yeah, he's definitely in. Well, I'm pretty sure, like, I hate to rag on Trace McGrady, cause, but didn't he like, never make it past the second round? You have yes. vendetta on him or something? No, I, I mean I love him as a player, but he's just always like my standard for like the Hall of Fame I because probably, like he was a great player for a few. Like he again was someone that had a lot of injury. I'll take Tracy McGrady is so overrated. Okay, oh, he I is think he's though. So overrated, Dolphy, I man. Back you, bro. He is overrated. That's a crazy. He's thing never to made just out of the second right round. Now, he had Yao Ming on his team. He was on the. He he left Toronto to have his own team in Orlando. Did nothing. Like yeah. that, he's such an overrated. But he was a cool guy. He was basically Vince Carter without the longevity. Well, if he wasn't. Injury prone, I'm sure we'd be talking differently about him. But Absolutely. due to the injuries, like yeah, like I think he gets overrated. He was just very, very flashy. He was a very talented player though, of course. Yeah, like we properly rate like a guy like Grant Hill in, in terms of like how he his career was based on his injuries. He was better than Tracy was and he had his injury history. But people think Tracy is one of the best players of the two thousands. And like reputation wise, sure, but if you look at the accolades and what some people accomplished in the two thousands, I would much rather take Tony Parker during the two thousands than I would Tracy oh, McGrady. Absolutely. Yeah. And do, every time I see non-Raptors fans do, like, rankings, somehow Tracy McGrady always makes it in the top five. Yeah, anyone saying like Tracy McGrady's a top anything Toronto Raptors doesn't know Toronto Raptors just, history. Yeah, no, exactly. Like he, what, he left right after his rookie contract. Where did he get traded? No, he forced his way He forced his way out. Oh, he forced his way out. He forced his way out. Like, He's like, best known for being Vince Carter's cousin in Toronto. Yeah, like, there's no legacy with him in the Raptors. He just looked cool in the vintage jersey. That's it. That's literally it. It's, he's, no, he's no different in my mind than, like, is like is Russell Westbrook a better player all time? I would have to say so. Then Tracy McGrady, Tra- oh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. But then, but then people always like rag on Westbrook, and then because it, Westbrook is just not I guess the same. Recency bias. Yeah, recency bias to yeah, Westbrook. People, bias, people look through a lens glass and rose tinted, and they're like, "Oh, Westbrook sucks because look at him on the Lakers." Yeah, Westbrook look how he played on the Clippers. Like, he was very good on the Clippers. Westbrook's he fit that role perfectly. Personality is kind of why people rag on him because he's so fiery all the time. That's part of why people don't like Westbrook and like to bag on him. It's the whole meme came from like him being just the type of person he is. So that's why. Whereas Tracy was again, he's he kind of had that Carmelo effect where he was just a cool dude. He's yeah. also a winner. Uh, like Russell Westbrook, it, when he like oh, it okay. comes to making teams like win, he that's him. He's always done that. Look at what he did with the Wizards for the one year that he was there. Yeah, they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. Him and Bradley Beal looked like the best like duo at that time. They were, that sick, time. They were so the year fun Bradley to watch. Beale averaged whatever thirty. Yeah, two. when everyone thought Bradley Beal was so is he a better god. than Tra- is he is Tracy McGrady is Bradley Beal that much worse than if he had a season where he put up thirty two? That yeah, feels more I, comparative. I, yeah, I would definitely yeah. like as much as I'm hating on Tracy, he's better than Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, I think. of course, but you know what I mean. Like you have to like blame Kobe as well. Like if you guys know what I'm talking about, you know. Yeah, Kobe did skew a lot of this because he was so much better than every other like. And he, and what do you say about Tracy McGrady? Do you remember what he said about Tracy McGrady? That oh, he's like the hardest guy to guard or play against or something. Yeah, so that that right there just made everyone think that Tracy was like this god level player, which he was talent wise. But sometimes talent isn't everything. Like look at a player like Joel Embiid, he's talented as they come. Yeah, hasn't made it to conference final. Will he do it this year? Anyway, sorry, this upcoming not. season. Sorry about the Trace McGrady stuff. <laughs> we can move on. Now. No, that's what we want to do. We want to talk about other stuff. No, uh, Joel stuff. Embiid. That's a good segue to leading back to who I think still should have been the MVP this year, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> 
we saw him with his celebration looking like he did not care at all that he won he the NBA it. Bro, he championship. was Thanos. Did you hear that line after? Ah, it's good. It's good. I, it, we get to go home now. <laughs> and he, he was pissed when he found out he had to stay till Thursday. That was my favorite <laughs> thing. I'm He's pretty like, sure what he time? left the finals MVP trophy on the podium. Like, he didn't even take it. <laughs> didn't Kawhi do that too? Just, no, he yeah, gave it to Larry. Yogi just doesn't care. The best you guys don't he... remember that interview? Yeah, I do. With uh, I do. What's her name? I thought everything was going to be all right when that it was, happened. It wasn't Kate Burnett, was it? No, no, it was the Ramona. It was the, no, it was the redhead woman with uh, who used to be with the oh, ESPN. Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols. It was with her. Oh, okay. Yeah. I always get her and Kate mixed up because yeah. it's very generalized of me. Yeah. But non-Canadian <laughs> people will be like, "Who? Who are you talking about, Kate? Yeah. Kate? Yeah, no, Kate's awesome, dude." Uh, my favorite part from last night. What What did you guys think of overall the whole pageantry behind the Nuggets winning? I'm going to throw this out there. I thought it was a little anticlimactic. You're going to say pageantry. That doesn't even describe it. There was no pageantry. It felt weird. Like they, you hear the elation from the crowd when they win, and then they immediately pan to Jokic, who's kind of just like straight-faced, like, meh, whatever. Yeah, well, do you think that stems from like their best player? Is that he's like, eh. I think Jokic yeah. just it- hates everything that's not actually playing basketball when it comes to the league because this guy, he's been outspoken about how he – cannot stand media he can't like he hates everything around basketball but he just loves playing it so i think when he realized he's like oh god <laughs> the stuff that i'm gonna have to do because of this like i'm gonna have to do so many interviews but then when the cameras are off i'm like he's throwing jamal murray into a I'm swimming also, pool i'm also not convinced he likes playing basketball and i'm not <laughs> yeah, saying that's a job for him yeah dude. it's a nine to five he, for him. he has said that but i think w- the actual act of basketball he definitely must have loved yeah yeah like, obviously that's like the, i'm kidding like he enjoys like, it but yeah was that one of the first things he said in the presser he was like, "There, uh, he's like, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm happy we won, but like, there's way more important things, and I keep stressing that, <laughs> way more important things in basketball." He's a, he's an but, anomaly. Oh, oh, sorry, I dropped a thing there. Sorry, I, I just saw I the hand get the cover. I was like, "Ooh, what happened?" I there? almost cursed there. I was like, "Whoa, <sighs> we're keeping PG." Can't do that. Yeah, so um, let's just kind of let's let's circle back to the Nuggets a little bit because I feel like we kind of pa- drove past them a little bit. Um, what now? They won. The the, te- the, the team that everyone thought would never win won. If you ask Mike <laughs> Malone, they say they want to go for another one already. Uh, yeah, his conversation too. with Lisa Salters, he was like, and we're going to go for another one. So yep. yeah. I think they're, they're built for it. They Again, they're built around a extremely talented guard and a generational big man. We can talk about where we think Jokic ranks all time in centers now. And, That's but a they, good one. Yeah, but they have a full system and something underrated in all this bringing up Mike Malone is that he is part of this system and he has created this culture of just success and trusting each other like Mike Malone is the first co- the second coach all time to win in his eighth season or later the other person Pat Riley he's in rare air with Pat Riley I, I reason why I stress that is because we've been through this coaching carousel where coach of the years, where championship winning coaches have just been fired, like three of the last four of the championship winning coaches have been fired. You see the turnover that's happening so quickly. And the guy to win it this year was one of the longest tenured coaches in the league right now. So all I'm saying is like there is value to keeping a coach through the rough patch and through developing a team and like your roster around them. So Mike Malone deserves his flowers as much as anyone. I think he did a hell of a job coaching this team and putting them together. And I think because of him, Jokic, and Murray, they're going to have a lot of success for years to come. It would have been so easy last year for them to have fired Mike Malone after they made the conference semifinals and the conference finals two years prior and then losing in the first round. Like, look at what happened with Boonholzer. Boonholzer got the axe after a first-round exit. I think that's ridiculous. Too. I think that what you said is so true. There's 
proof that a winning formula in the NBA is not always just coach change. It's building, trusting, building a reliable core and having a coach spearhead it and feel like he's had a massive say in it. And you don't see that at all in the NBA. There's three coaches that you can say that about right now, really. And that's Eric Spolstra, who is in the finals again. There's Mike Malone. Who is in the finals. And there's one I'm missing. Golden, Steve, Golden Kerr? State, Steve Kerr. So and Pop. It's funny you bring that up because like during just us talking about this right now has made me think. If you want to win a championship, putting in a good experienced coach is great. Dynasties don't happen with your coaches changing. Just no. like like no. that's the thing. You can't have a dynasty without a coach being a part of it. Like LeBron James has won teams like his like his Cavs win. I get he they switched Ty Lue in, but that wasn't a dynasty. Look at Steve Kerr and the Warriors. He's been there for the entire run. Uh, Popovich with the Spurs, obviously. Eric Spolstra with the Heat. Even if you go back in the day with Phil Jackson and the Lakers and the Bulls, like if you want to be a dynasty, you need stability at that head coaching head coaching position. So if you want to win one, sure, change up your coaches till you think you strike it right. But you're not going to ever build a dynasty or have long term success if you keep changing that coach at the first sign of any like negative. Yeah, and also every starter is guaranteed locked up except for KCP till 2024-25 season. KCP has a player option, but that's another two seasons of basically the guaranteed same starting lineup. That's, like, amazing. And then Jokic till 27-28, MPJ till 26-27, and Jamal Murray till 24-25. Like, that's – you have your stars on for a long time. Shout that's, out Calvin Booth, their GM. Yeah, dude, that's how you build a dynasty. Like, they are all locked in. Is that what we're going to call them? Like, you, you, you're predicting it? You're predicting the start of a dynasty, that this is the moment? This is – uh, well, considering Jokic is like probably going to be like a top ten player of all time, uh, yeah. Oh. You, yeah. <laughs> he has Jokic the like makings the, of it. Got to be top twenty five already. Generational. It it feels so weird that we're talking about this already. Not being in the top seventy five to now probably being well locked into the top fifty minimum. Oh, pff, I, yeah, top, like it, I would say it, top thirty, non arguably. Yeah, like I don't think it's crazy to say that he like has very much the potential to be a top ten player one day. I don't think that's crazy at all. Like he's literally generational. One of, like the be- the best passing big man we've ever seen. Yeah, if you want, no question. If you want a recap of his postseason, he averaged thirty points, fourteen rebounds, ten assists. His shooting splits: fifty five, forty six, and eighty. He beat KD and Devin Booker in six games. Beat LeBron in eighty and four. Beat playoff Jimmy in five games. The most playoff triple doubles ever. The, like I said before, first 30-20-10 game in the finals. Like you said, Dan, best passing big man. Most assists ever by a center in the postseason. And he topped that off with the finals MVP. This is arguably one of the best individual playoff runs by a player of all time. In terms of a center, this is definitely like top three playoff runs of all time. I, I was talking to Spencer about this earlier. Like To me, this is probably better than that, that Dirk run from with the Mavericks back in the day. Like just as an individual player and everything he did, Dirk went up against a better team in the finals. I was going to say, I think a lot of fans will have uh, issue with you saying that because of Dirk's competition that he went up against. Dirk went up against that Heat team, but that Heat team wasn't even like you look at the names and you'll think they're better. But you had an injured uh, Dwayne Wade. You had LeBron completely crumble under their pressure. Jason Terry outperformed him, and then you had Bosh, oh, yeah. who's just normal Bosh, who's good. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't changing that series. So if you look back and you tell me LeBron James was outperformed by Jason Terry, really, how good was that Heat team then? Can I just? Play a little bit of devil's advocate there, though. Yeah, uh, I actually actually agree with you, first of all, that Jokic's playoff run was better. But there is an argument for Dirk, because I think every team that they beat that year, I think, had 55-plus wins. I, I think. I know at least three of them did. I, I'm not sure if their first-round game did. I'm pretty sure it was Portland, and I'm pretty sure they had 
fifty something wins. Um, so I think that's why people really love Dirk's playoff run. Is first of all, no one expects them to win. Second of all, they beat four unbelievable teams, and then it was also that aura of beating LeBron James at, right after he said they were going to win twelve championships, or whatever he said. Yeah, his his numbers in that finals when he won Finals MVP. For 20, 26 points, 9.7 rebounds, and 2 assists. Jokic was uh, around 30 points. I believe he was double-digit rebounds and around 8 assists. Game has evolved since then. Like, it has, but, but like, like, still. like you said, Jokic is a generational yeah, player. Yeah, yes, it's, like exactly. It. It's the point still stands. I want to throw something out here with in terms to kind of counter that. Jokic, on his way to the championship, like you said, he beat, he beat Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, Kevin Durant and... Devin Booker and CP3, he didn't play, but that team was, again, seen as a championship contender. They basically decimated them. It was six games, the longest series, but it didn't look like it was competitive. Next series, oh, now it's the Lakers' time to win. This is the Lakers, look at their Cinderella story. They're coming, and they're, oh, they got swept. And... They they it was not like they did it they they swept LeBron and then now they're in the finals and they kill the Heat in five like I it it was I I agree with Zolvi I I genuinely I think it's better than Dirks too like I I agree it, I just wanted to play that is a a res- ridiculous and I think people are kind of not giving him enough attention to the the people he dismantled they dismantled this team dismantled two championships like everyone was saying the Lakers were going to win. After the the Western Conference, when the Lakers went in and they beat Golden State, they're like this, that's it. Like they've done it, they've solved it. This is LeBron's last championship. It's going to happen. They sweep them, and it's like nothing. Like everyone's like, oh, okay, whatever. I yeah. I think that, I, yeah. I, it's just like, I feel like the same people who were like, oh, I think Lakers got this series are the same ones who are now like, oh, you beat the Lakers, like just the Lakers. Yeah, feel, like it's but it's, that, well, that just shows how everyone just flip flops like nonstop. Everyone yeah, well, is so, it's just people trying to discredit the Nuggets when, which is what everyone's been doing for years. Yeah, like maybe they won those series in that way because they're just an insanely good team and better than any team they face. Maybe that's as it's as simple. They went as that. sixteen and four in these playoffs. They've lost four games this whole playoff run. They lost one home game the entire playoffs, and it took a like completely on fire performance by the Miami Heat to do it. Like. This team was historically great. Their starting like, lineup is one of the best starting lineups I've seen of a championship team recently. That's almost a problem, though, is that they were historically great. That, like the casual fans gonna now exactly like Daniel said, be like, oh, but they all they beat was an old Lakers team and all oh, like a Suns team that traded away all their core and have an old Durant. It's like people just the same people that are picking Phoenix and the Lakers to win the chip are now gonna be like, oh, it's just the Lakers and, and an old Kevin Durant and the Suns with no defense. That that happens though with like when you win a championship, people are gonna try to question the credibility. When the Raptors won, they said, Oh, well, they beat an Atlantic Magic team in the first round. When Milwaukee won, they didn't they sweep the Heat uh, on their way to their run, so you didn't really think much of the Heat. Or they took them in five, one of them. But they got five. swept yeah. and then they either yeah, And they, the year after they came revenge, back yeah. and destroyed strong, them. Like yeah. I believe it was five games, maybe it was a sweep, I don't know. But like you're gonna discredit the teams they face because that's part of what winning a championship does you get haters if you're not like the guy yeah, like lebron you're gonna get discredited and that's kind of what we've Even LeBron seen gets Even lebron discredited. gets discredited like crazy sure but like the raptors to this day i know it's gonna sound biased because we're all raptors fans but they the amount of stuff i see is people still discrediting that championship even though they were s- one of the deepest teams it's one of the best teams in I've the seen, 21st man. century. I'm sorry, like I'll throw that out there. I don't care. It, it was oh, so deep. Their bench was Fred. Say. Fred Van Vliet. 
they had Serge Ibaka off the bench. Norman OG, Powell, he was OG was hurt, bench. didn't even play. Yeah, he was hurt. We didn't and people will discredit that team still. But regardless, like people love to discredit champions. They do. And I think that this is a team that you can't discredit because I think the dy- the word dynasty is interesting because I think if this is the start and they're this good now, you- Jokic is 28. And he's like their oldest player. Well, not oldest player, but like oldest important player that's unreplaceable. Jamal Murray is 26. Yeah, and they're both like born in February, Aaron so they're Gordon, not turning in anytime soon. Like MPJ, 24. Aaron Gordon's only 27. They're so young and so good, and they've all bought into their roles that they got to be the favorites again next year, I think. They are. like it's, The odds that are up have them as favorite. And apparently like, the most bet on thing last night was Denver to win the chip next year. Well, I mean, um, it's been the, the last five years, it's been a different team every year who's won. Which I love. I love that too, but I think that's leading up to a team becoming a dynasty and taking over. And yeah, I think that's going to be the Nuggets. We also haven't mentioned that now they're going to get that luxury of people wanting to now play for Denver because they want a chip. So like you get those. Yeah, but like no one wanted to play with them before. Like maybe not nobody, but like people weren't dying to to sign for Denver before because they didn't prove themselves yet. But now that they've proved themselves, like everyone who wants to win a chip now. Is taking um, minimum contracts. If you're a like productive three and D guy, Denver has to be your number one destination. Look at the guys oh, yeah, who got oh, a yeah. ring last night: Jeff Green, KCP, Reggie Jackson. Like those are Even all Bruce role, Brown. Like Bruce Brown, role player type of guy. Aaron Gordon, MPJ, three and D guys who can some of them have a bit more value than being three and D. But if you are a productive role player who can fit in just about any offense, you want to go to Denver if you care about winning a ring. They're just the best fit for you altogether. Man, that Aaron Gordon trade was so good, dude. In hindsight, it was. Like, I didn't so get it good. when it happened. I was like, whoa, His that doesn't. It was spectacular. All they had to give up was Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a 2025 first round pick. That's like, ridiculous. That's really nice. Catching bad lobs from their center. Like, it's because he bought crazy. into his role. Yeah, and I, and think I love that. This, this Denver team doesn't get the credit that they deserve for developing players. They've developed two of the best players in the league right now. I don't even hey, think it's hyperbole Brown to say. This series is a rookie, right, I, I don't think it's so hyperbole cool. to say Jamal Murray is one of the best players in the league right now. No, I, it's not I, at all. No. He's, he's a awesome. playoff player. He always has. But my favorite thing to come out that I saw a stat is zero All Star selections, but now he's got a ring to it, and he's been like the second best player on a ring championship team. Who was that? Kitchener's finest. Who was that uh, scout that was like? Actually, did you guys listen to the Low Post and uh, Windhorst uh, combined podcast by any chance? No, no, I've seen it, but I didn't like actually watch there it. There was or like a to scout, uh, or like VP of scouting or something for the Nuggets. I don't know his name, but like he just kept going on about like he's like this is homegrown talent. Like we are, like we're like the best and stuff like that. And like you're right, bro. You are right. <laughs> like that. This is all homegrown talent. And like even if it wasn't, like you traded for it. So it's just such a good like. Just kudos to the front office, man. There's a lot of good role players this year on free agency too. Yeah, they, they have all the makings yeah. to revamp as well. I just think this team was built perfectly. I yep. think at the end of the day, I agree. Also, shout out Ish Smith. He has a ring now. He's yeah, played, let's go, he's man. He's played for a record thirteen NBA teams, and he finally gets a ring. So good for him. There's so many good stories on this uh, Denver Nuggets team. Again, DeAndre Jordan gets a ring before CP3. Yeah, first to Lob City to get this ring. Exactly, Jeff Green. Like, remember back in the day, this is the fifth overall pick who was with Den, uh, who was with a Kevin Durant and that Russell Westbrook team. He had open heart surgery. He probably wasn't going to play again. This guy was pretty much his career was done. Decided to still pursue it, 
and despite having little chance, made such a career for himself as a role player and as a vet on multiple teams, and he finally gets a ring. Jeff Green has been a fantastic model for what the NBA wants out of their athletes, and he finally gets rewarded with the ring that he's tried to get so badly. So this team has so many feel-good moments, and I'm just yeah. happy for them. Thomas Bryant has I a just have ring his Wikipedia now. up here, too. I was about to say, he got traded from the Lakers to the Nuggets. They swept his former team, and now he just uh, got a ring. Wow. Good I stuff. Jeff Green was on the Lakers. Jeff Green's also been on Thomas Bryant. Oh, traded. Thomas Bryant. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we're oh. talking Thomas Bryant. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Remember when you, you missed the Thomas Bryant part. You're like, oh, I, I, I don't talk about I'm sorry. Nobody's. I don't care about Thomas Bryant. Either. You guys remember <sighs> when LeBron was about to break the scoring record and Thomas Bryant was in the pass. post calling for it? <laughs> 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 he, he had a good position in the post. I'm he just did. saying. I mean, you still, no, he, I feel like you still have to do it to like keep the defense honest. He was pretty He was pretty good until he broke his leg, in his house. it's so He was good in Washington. He should have stayed. Well, he broke broke something, didn't he? He was in for over a year. Yeah, he had a partially torn anterior crucicate ligament. That sounds like it'll do it. All right, that's enough Thomas Bryant talk. What do you have way, against Thomas Bryant? I don't have anything against him. I think no one else cares to listen about Thomas Bryant. By the you way, know what? I care about Thomas Bryant, okay? okay? If he's listening to this, I hope that he knows that he's, he's loved. Shout out Thomas Zolf, Bryant. Yeah. Zolf, Shout out Thomas Zolf, Bryant. I have a question Thomas for Bryant. you then. Thomas Bryant or Marvin Bagley? <laughs> oh, it sucks because I still would take Thomas Bryant as little as I care about him. Damn it. Yeah. By the way, the guy I was talking about, the VP of scouting, it's Jim Klebanoff. Or Klebanoff or Klebanoff. I'm butchering that name. But well, he's not yeah. gonna listen now. He's v- clearly <laughs> very good at his job. So shout out Jim. Well, even the Jim. Kleb- I'm gonna yeah. Shout out Jim, bro. Just shout Jim. out Jim. Even a player like Bruce Brown again, who like just took t- such good leaps offensively this Bruce year. Bruce Brown's the reason they won last night. In the end, in the last, that was a big play. He w- that play was massive. Clutch free throws. That too. He he was the reason they won. And shout out him for getting. His championship. He barely ever like touched the ball on offense in Brooklyn, and then now he's like their backup ball handler. Christian oh. Brown getting a ring as a rookie, playing meaningful minutes during the playoff. Like the sky's the limit for him too. That too. They also have him locked up till twenty twenty five, twenty six. Of course they do on that rookie option. contract. Yeah. So there you go, man. <laughs> as a like, rookie, if I'm in college, <laughs> it's ridiculous. If I'm in college, I'm staying all four years, so a good team picks me up. Dude. It's smart if you want to win and develop. That's what you do. Because those are the teams that are going to draft you. The teams that need someone to fill in a, a role, they're going to draft you. You're going to get a nice ring, and then somebody <laughs> will pay you the next time around. That's yeah, and now he's probably going to get a huge contract. Jamal Murray, I think, had my favorite moment of last night in general was when he they Jokic had his speech. He was just like, "Ah, what basketball? <laughs> I go to my horses now." <laughs> and they brought Jamal up, which I always thought was going to be the more emotional one i was just was shocked to see the euphoria and just the tears all come out of him talking about just his journey and i think people don't appreciate as much as what jamal went through to get to this moment and to come out playing arguably better and to be that impactful of a player on the team to win that championship shout out kitchener waterloo (laughs) That is my massive, hometown. Massive town. That is my hometown. Someone from my city won an NBA championship. What? Kitchener's finest. All right. right. Inside your city. Zolfi, I'm going to turn to you now. Oh, Literally t- staring at Darko. you. Let's hear it. <laughs> Where is the first place that he's bringing the championship in Waterloo? Oh, uh, if, he, if he's that guy, he takes that trophy right to Phil's. Don't say <laughs> but, No. <laughs> Uh, what, could what, you, you imagine? Phil's? Yeah, Phil's. Have you Phil's. been to Phil's? No. Phil's is the grungiest bar. It's known for the cheapest drinks with the cheapest shots, and it's like it's right beside Laurier 
It's, so it's kind of Laurier's bar. Okay. And everyone, you walk down these stairs. You literally walk. You have to go down, down the second you enter. Downstairs. Mm. You're, and then you don't look up because if you look up, you're getting nightmares for the rest of your life. Because yeah, there's the, stuff dripping off the ceiling. It's like, disgusting. It's wow. literally grunge. But it is the love. Like, everyone loves it in the, that yeah. town. If you're into the bar and party scene in Kitchener-Waterloo, it is your entry. They renovated it. Is, it is the gateway. They renovated it. It's still not nice. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds like Hops in Oshawa. So yeah. Yeah. RIP Hops, bro. Hops you would closed. take it to so Phil's. It'd be f- could you imagine it dripping on the Larry yeah, O'Brien? Yeah, it'd be hilarious taking it to Phil's, but there's so many places you could take it. Take it to Conestoga Mall. <laughs> take it to uh, like, uh, Laurier University. Just, well, yeah. Laurier, for sure, I actually could see that because even during COVID, he was playing at the Laurier gym. Yeah, like he's done like just like workouts at both like Grand uh, River. Uh, yeah, Grand River. He's done workouts at his old high school in Grand River. He's done workouts at Laurier University, University of Waterloo. He's done stuff as well, like workouts and stuff. So I'm sure he'll take it around the entire town. But like you said, it'll just be so cool for him to be bringing that trophy to Kitchener Waterloo and 26 points in the playoffs. Best ever by a Canadian. So he is in some rare air now in terms of Canadian basketball players. He's obviously not a two times MVP like Steve Nash, but he's he's up there. He's got that chip though. Yeah. Also, shout out Serbia. Serbia's having a week. Canada and Serbia actually are having a week. I got I gotta mention it. Novak Djokovic, twenty third Grand Slam uh, yeah. title in the French Open. Yeah. And then you had Nick Taylor winning the RBC Canadian Open, the first Canadian to win it in what, I believe 69 years? 69. Remember what I said? Nice. It's a good there number. You go. Thank you. If I say 69, all I ask is someone says nice. It's just common decency. Fair enough. Okay. Just putting that out there. It's a little so, aggression. I'm just <laughs> saying. So you had that happen. And then another Serbia-Canada connection, obviously, with Jokic and Jamal Murray winning. And now today you had the Canadian team in the NBA, the Toronto Raptors, announcing Darko Ryakovic, which we'll talk about later on. But Canada, Serbia, there's a lot of love between the two countries, and it's a big week for the two of us. Shout out. It's only halfway Shout through the year, both too. both countries, bro. Yeah. Go. What's next? What's the next big Canadian moment coming this year? Ooh. Canadian-Serbian moment. <laughs> you got to connect the <laughs> You want to be that specific, sure. Yeah. Is there any Serbian Canadians? Is Milos Raonic Serbian? Is he coming back? Thank you, Serbian. question. I don't know. He won his last game, I think it was yesterday, in some random tennis tournament. We're talking tennis now. Is this actually what we're turning no, into? No, because we're talking Serbian Canadians. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, but man, shout out Jamal Murray. Average ten assists this series. That's wild. It's he's an so underrated f- part of his game. He's so fun to watch. Twenty-one too. points, ten assists, six rebounds. That's crazy. Ten assists on th- and only three turnovers. That's that's those are insane stats for an NBA final series, guys. That's wild. He averaged three turnovers. He averaged honestly, three. that even seems high to me. Like uh, he had a game in the NBA finals where he didn't even have a turnover. Yeah, and he had twelve assists. What right, a player man. That's so <laughs> that's so impressive. <laughs> have we uh, have we touched everything on we wanted to on the Nuggets there on Miami? Is there any last little? Uh, Okay, you asked about <laughs> Serbian Canadians. I, I have a okay. list here. Do you guys up. know the rock band Rush? Because I don't. I, of course. Yes. L- Dude. Alex Lifeson. Alex Lifeson. That's a rock guitarist for you. Rush. Oh, Serbian no, parents are from Canada, are they? No, they're not. My name is Zulfikar. Do you think my parents are from Canada? <laughs> well, I didn't want to make any assumptions. <laughs> uh, Alex Lifeson's a legend, man. Uh, Stana Kadic. She's a Canadian actress. She's on the ABC television romantic crime series Castle. She plays Kate I know Beckett. her face. I know she her plays face. Kate okay. Beckett, Nina Kiri, she's a Serbian Canadian actress. Yeah, she's in. Um, known for her role as the handmaid Alma 
in the first five season of The Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I didn't even know she was in that. Wow. Good show, apparently, though. Yeah, the rest of these are all just obscure <laughs> actors or uh, musicians. Do you know Alexander Zondrich? A, fl- a, flout- yeah. Oh, yeah. No, a flautist and music radio host in the United States. No. Do we want to get him on the podcast? <laughs> so you can get him and Denise Dojic. Dojic. What's he do? She is a child. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be assuming. She's from Halifax, Nova Scotia, and Denise Jokic. It's spelled similar to Jokic, but there's a D, so... Is it still Jokic? I don't know. But Denise is a cellist. Did you preface this by saying that the names are going to be wrong and apologize in advance? (laughs) I am so sorry to serve in community. I'm trying to show them love, okay? I apologize. Victor Midich, I can say that, Serbian-born Canadian painter and sculptor. He lives in Toronto, so he could be a guest. Have you seen any of his paintings? Maybe. (laughs) Can I definitively say no? No, I can't. Maybe I have. But shout out Serbian Canadians. Ooh. Great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, there's one that you recognize, Alex Lifeson. Uh, I could go on about Ru- Rush. was like my childhood band. My my dad grew me up as a Rush fan, and uh, I've seen them live multiple times. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, they're, they're so good live. I cool. saw actually their last uh, their last concert ever in Toronto, and it wasn't supposed to be their last oh, concert. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Just shut up for a second. <sighs> uh, really? Yeah. I was getting deep about my childhood. There's actually a whole sports section. Milan Lucic. Hockey player, Serbian Canadian, and I you're feel like right. We have Milos oh, Raonic, yeah. Like, yeah. Milos Raonic. That makes a lot of sense. Serbian Canadian, Daniel Nestor, another tennis player. I'm pretty sure Raonic was born in Montenegro, though. So what a multicultural lad. Yeah, I have no idea. It's just on this Wikipedia list. So hopefully, Wikipedia's right. Alex Petrovic, who was another hockey player, played in the born in AHL. Monte Carlo. So there is a lot of this. <laughs> there's there's a couple of Canadian Serbian basketball players, but none of them are famous or people we'd know. So. So you mind. shut me up about my rushed childhood for that? To talk about Milan Lucic and Milos Raonic? Yes, I did. I was about to get into the part where the drummer sadly passed away, so I'm, I'm glad that you cut me off from that. Thank you very Wait, much. Milos Raonic is worth it. Yeah. He died? Yeah, a while ago. A little bit ago, yeah. Spoilers. Isn't he like, considered like the GOAT? Spoilers. Yeah, he's like he literally is considered one <laughs> well, of the- I just listened to their first album. Spoilers, man. <laughs> this- this first, this guy's shitting on Thomas Bryant. So I'm going to swear that one. That one deserves it. Thomas Bryant, first of all, how doesn't dare like you? like Thomas Bryant. Doesn't know Tom Sawyer, no, the no, song. No, no. I didn't say yeah, I didn't like Have you heard Thomas. Tom Sawyer? I, isn't that a book? Isn't that a character? It, it, it is, is also, but it's also a song. The, song the, the, the book would be Moby Dick, Salfie. Tom is Tom Sawyer for Moby Dick? I think so. No. 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 Pretty sure. There's no way. No. Tom, I don't think so. Tom Moby Sawyer Dick is from like a Charles Dickens The Adventures book of Tom or Sawyer, right? novel, novel by Mark Twain. Mark Twain. I said Charles Dickens. I'm more of an idiot. Oh, sorry, guys. We, we are aging ourselves so what? poorly. I right can't now. actually read. I mean, the book was written in 1840s, so I mean, you're, like, you're good. Or sorry, 1876. So I don't think you yourself. You're good. Is it written by a Canadian Serbian? The book's called The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Yeah, it is written by a Canadian Serbian. Really? No. Oh, I was so ready, man. So just paints fences, man. Spencer, just take the L, man. You, you got it wrong. What, Tom no, Sawyer? I know. No, he just... lives along the Mississippi River. Does he paint fences? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we what talking, are we talking about, about? Why are we talking about Tom Sawyer? This Rush's <laughs> biggest song is titled Tom Sawyer. This is how the championship <laughs> episode of the Dream Team podcast is going to end it Look, up. Like... I just wanted to give love to Serbian Canadians. And I just wanted to talk about Rush. All right. No. And I just want to talk oh about basketball. <laughs> oh, my God. Tom Sawyer has to whitewash her fence the next day as punishment, so he does. What are we talking about? <laughs> All right, let's this end there. Kid, <laughs> he skips school, so then his aunt makes him walk. 
Oh, what like, are we talking about? Because I asked if he paints fence. fences, but he doesn't. He washes them. <laughs> what? Okay, that 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 about wraps. Uh, congrats to the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets. That can't be how we end this episode. Right, that can't be how we end this. You know how we should end it? I did say Moby let's, Dick. So. Okay. Let's do, okay. Let's do it. Let's hold on, everyone. Relax. Let's do a quick, quick preview, at, while it's fresh in our minds, of what we think is going to happen next year. Let's just throw it out there. Let's end on a basketball term. So. Who here thinks that the Nuggets are going to be back in the finals next year? I do. Okay. In the finals, at least. Yeah. I'm going to go as far as the conference finals. I think making the NBA finals is hard, just like it is in any league. So I'll I'll never just outright bet, especially this soon after the championship. I'd have to see some preseason stuff. I am comfortable saying that they'll probably make it back to the conference finals, but from there, you just never know. Obviously, you don't want to say, but injuries can play a role with any team, and they usually do. Especially with a team like uh, with Jamal Murray, you just never know with his history. Obviously, knock on wood, you don't want to see yeah, that. Let's not ask for that ever again. Uh, but it's hard. It's hard to make it that far. So I wouldn't bet on it because I think it there's so much that can happen. But I'll go as far as to say that I'm confident that they'll make the conference finals. Out of curiosity, though, Zolfi, just total speculation. If they were to lose in the conference finals, if you were to say right now, who would they lose to? That is a really just hypothetical. Good that you don't question. have to put too much thought into it. I've got mine. Who would they lose? Because there's a lot of teams in the West that are like right there, but not quite. Yeah, there. like I, I think Memphis is going to regress because of the whole John Moran stuff. I don't see Dallas really putting it together. The Warriors have so many question marks around them. Uh, Portland nowhere to be seen. I'm, I, I really don't think the Lakers are going to make it that far again. Ugh. Kings. Sacramento, Phoenix. I need the Sacramento Kings to get out of the first round before I, I say anything about them. Phoenix is if I feel so bandwagony saying Phoenix, but just the duo of KD and uh, Booker. If they have, and I'm a KD fan, so this might sound biased. I don't care, but if they can get some depth around them, I think they have the best shot in terms of matching what uh, Denver uh, Denver can do. Because again, you have a generational type guard, and then you have a generational type. Uh, KD isn't a big, but like a big type player. Like he's, he's big enough. Seven, he's seven feet tall practically, so he's kind of the s- same. He doesn't play in in the post as much as Jokic does, but he can. So I would say Phoenix would probably be the name I'd be willing to bet on. Okay, Daniel. Yeah, I'm gonna have them uh, making the conference finals. Uh, in terms of making the finals, like I would still bet on them making the finals, but I wouldn't like definitively say they're for sure making it. Because it's like it's really hard to make the finals. It's also really hard to make conference finals. But this team is that good, so yeah, it's just really hard, man. I'm gonna say conference finals. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I got conference too. I think that's pretty easy to say. Like looking at this team, I don't think that it'll be. A, Suns is the one that I think is gonna go over. I think th- that'll be the Suns time. We'll see what happens with that. I do have a list of odds of next year so just kind of round it out we can go over the odds of what uh, everyone thinks is actually who everyone's betting on to make some best the nba bets. finals the nba title odds so in dead last let's see if you guys can get just give oh, me two teams dead Char- last charlotte for odds hornets. charlotte hornets so hornets is one san antonio spurs there no so there's one other team that you've i think missed. dan has a good guess it's a tie it's joint for so it's charlotte and rocket no 
Oh, okay. No. Pistons? Pistons. Yeah, uh, Pistons. Okay. Next up, at, so they're plus 50,000. <laughs> if you want to throw some money on, 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 on that one. San Antonio Spurs is next with Spencer, plus Spencer, if you don't pass, uh, bet on the Pistons and Marvin Bagley now, I'm going to be disappointed in you. You know what? Marvin Bagley's not going to get the minutes he deserves. That's a problem. You're right, bro. Got joint fourth. Joint third with four teams. Sorry, in English. Third worst? Yeah, third worst with four teams is Jazz, Magic, Wizards, and Pacers with plus 1,500. I think the Jazz should be higher. Or the mm. Pacers, even. Not, I, you cannot tell me that the Pacers are ever going to make the NBA Finals, let alone win but a title. I, no, I, I just think they should be odds-wise. I just think they should be a little higher than San Antonio. The Pacers will never, never get that far. I'm I sorry. I mean, they've made it before. I think a Pacers but this, fan is no, going to click this. this Current audio team. And, and at you sure, and come back to me a year from now when you guys are already yeah. eliminated three months ago. Yeah, clip that. You guys I think you may be safe to on me that like one. I run the team. Sorry, <laughs> Bulls are next, which feels a little low. I think they yeah. have question marks I, I around think, yeah. Demar and Zach, and if that and Vucevic is uh, gone. Yeah, Vucevic sure. is gone. W- once we see what happens, well, they want to re-sign Vucevic. That was the most recent. Aren't they also like so. locked up with? Well, they do. They're actually going farther down. Yeah, they don't really have much draft capital. They have questions around their entire core, and they're probably deciding on if they want to continue with Demar and Zach. So I very tough situation. I can see them being low. Next up is the Nets, Rockets, and Trailblazers tied with plus ten thousand. Ten. Rockets are that high. I yeah, because they're, back. they're probably it, just putting in the Harden, fact that they make it hard. You have, yeah, you have a championship-level yeah. coach in Udoka there now. Seeing so. who comes with yeah, Harden. I think the Nets should be higher. Like, their, their roster right now is maybe like a bubble playoff team, but they're also very well set up to make a deal to kind of get a good player. Yeah. So, or just go the complete opposite way and tank. I don't know. But they are very well positioned to put themselves in a competitive spot if they want to be. So I think they should be higher. Next up is the Raptors, plus 8,000. That sounds about right. Uh, I wouldn't put them above the next team, which is the Timberwolves. Put above uh, as in better odds? I wouldn't put them below, sorry. I think the Timberwolves have – I don't trust that team. If it's the Raptors squad right now, then yeah. I just think they are probably – which is they probably shouldn't, but they're probably taking into account that the Raptors might lose potentially two yeah, They're probably on the players. same like spot as the Timberwolves, if we're being honest. Fair enough. Hawks and Thunder tied next. Thunder – I'm high on the Thunder next year. They have a nice draft pick. They have a Chet Holmgren. They almost made back. playoffs this year, too. Yeah. They got so a nice core that they're it. building for sure. Then the oh, Knicks, yeah. which Zolfi will probably laugh at that one. Yeah, I just. Man, I like Brunson a lot. Jaylen I Brunson's love Jalen Brunson. I wish that Dallas kept him. Do I think the Knicks are going to go far? No, because no. I think as long as James Dolan is their owner, they're never going to accomplish anything. That guy sucks. <laughs> I don't care if he ever hears this. What if they hired Doc Rivers? Uh, then the fantastic. What if James Dolan wants to give <laughs> you a job? James Dolan will never want to give me a job, <laughs> and I am completely happy with that because he is a cancer to that team. James Dolan is Ooh. an awful owner. Like, the audience is missing some prime Zolfi facial expressions. Yeah, today. like we should have just a straight just, up camera just a on camera Zolfi. On him, yeah. yeah, but James Dolan, if you offer me like I don't know, like two million dollars, I will absolutely sell out and say everything. <laughs> nice about I'm just putting that into the universe as well. But no, James Dolan sucks, so I don't think the Knicks are ever going to win anything with him there. Uh, but yeah, do I hope the Knicks can get it together? Sure. I love Jalen Brunson. I think Julius Randle is slightly overhated. He is a very polarizing player. Uh, he's not good as Pascal Siakam. I'm still saying that. But no, I don't know why people even think that that's yeah, yeah, but, competition. Yeah, the Knicks, he's a fantasy god. That's the Knicks are in a very middle ground, but they had a, a bit of an overachieving season, quite honestly, beating the Cavs. So shout out to them, and let's see what they do. Next up is the Pelicans with plus 3,500. Uh, 
a lot of question marks with that team. Yeah, I won't trust them till I trust them. They're yeah. they've apparently come out as a potential candidate to trade for that third overall pick. They said yeah, that they're. That. But who are you, you going to give away? Zion? Well, you're not trading Ingram? Zion. Yeah, Brandon Ingram. But why would you good, trade him good away? Good God, could you imagine Zion and Dame together? Oh. Just trade him back to McCollum. Well, if they trade for that third, <laughs> you could have uh, Zion and Scoot. Yeah, Dame just says, "Screw it, I want my boy back. Give me back, CJ." At least we're making. At least we're getting one seats. Two K- seeds. Kings up next with plus three thousand, which fair enough. Light the beam, bro. Light the oh. beam. Beam team. Yeah, fair enough. Until just Steph Curry is going to turn. It was it Zolfi that said until they win in playoff series, they're still just the Kings, and I, I have to agree with that for now. Yeah, just win. Once you win one round, and that like monkeys off your back, then it's going to be very different. Cavs, I think, are in a similar situation. They're the next team with plus oh, two thousand five hundred. I want to believe in that team so same. much, but I. After this year's playoff performance, they got to prove yeah, after losing better. to similar the Knicks, to they Sacramento, be they couldn't win on the road. Sorry, similar to Sacramento. I think Sacramento yeah. is the opposite I, of them. I, I think Cavs are better. I, well, no, I I think the Cavs are a better team, but they have very similar stuff where they're they're good young cores that I just don't fully trust yet and until they, have, they actually win. Well, you have a young in. core in Sacramento that overachieved, and now you have a young core in the Cavs that underachieved. Disappointed, right. led by Donovan Mitchell, who started his career being fantastic in the playoffs, and now has had two straight seasons of disappointing playoff exits. Yeah. So that, he is trending in the wrong direction. They do have the best player in the team and the league, though, on that team. Isaiah Mobley. Oh, Isaiah. Is Isaiah Mobley also on the team? Is that why the joke <laughs> is? Yeah. Yeah. I think he went undrafted, and then they. Uh, Find him. No, but do you guys think Garland, Garland can survive with Mitchell there? No, I think Garland's gone. I think they'll trade. Oh, him. That's what I was thinking because if they trade Garland for a good piece, like that's that's an insanely good team. Garland has a lot of value. That team literally could not win on the road. I need to see need to find at least another year of they him. Were Twenty uh, twenty one of Donovan road. Mitchell and Darius Garland trying that to make it bad. work. I think they're two good players, and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they can try to figure it out. I think they can, but Garland seems like he has to be on the ball. But he's a really good three-point shooter. He just his movement isn't where it should be. But he's really young, so. Yeah, but like again, it's hard to find two ball dominant players and have them figure it out in one season. Yeah. Kind of to your point. Yeah, no, Dan. I agree. Yeah. So like, yeah, I I would give them a year because again, you saw with like, um, we'll probably get to them at some point in Dallas Mavericks. You have Kyrie and Luca, who are two fantastic players who weren't able to figure out how to play together all that well. So mm-hmm. it's a hard, it's a it's a good problem to have, but it's also a hard problem to have. Next one is, uh, these are all ties now for the next three odds. Uh, Grizzlies and Heat tied at plus 2,000. I think Grizzlies should be lower than that, especially with John Morant and all the question marks around him. Oh, yeah, we're going to find out what's going on now. Because remember Adam Silver Adam Silver did say we'll find out shortly about that. That's going to be a fun topic to talk about on the podcast once that gets put out. Uh, I think Heat should have higher odds than the Grizzlies. That's just my opinion, especially after what they did this year. I think yeah, probably put yeah. them a little bit higher than that. You would think so. Next two teams also tied, Clippers and 76ers. I don't like either of those teams as a tied for plus four, 1,400. I think the Clippers are high. They're a bit higher that, than they yeah. should well, be. If you put Clippers, a gun to my head, I would take the 76ers the Clip, over the Clippers. If the Clippers are ever healthy, like – in, in a realistic world, if we have Kawhi Leonard, who I don't think will ever be healthy again, and he Paul won't. George just at full strength and being able to maintain it, they should be a top three team. Oh, absolutely. But that's the thing. Because like as Norman Powell says, they're the best, most deep they're team. They're the deepest <laughs> team he's ever played with, which is insane because he literally won a championship with another team. Liar, man. Uh, but we, we love Norman. It's though. hard we when there's Norman. one question surrounding this team, and it's literally the one thing you mentioned. So I can't, I can't bet on that. And with Westbrook, we don't know if Westbrook will come back or not, if he's going to go somewhere else. Maybe him and Harden reunite ah, that back didn't in Houston. Work so well the first time. <laughs> that would be a 
insane. I think Westbrook should happen. come back. He had a good playoff run with the Clippers. I think so too. And he was a per- he's the perfect player to play a- alongside a Paul George and Kawhi in the sense that he almost never misses games, and they miss lots of games because of their injury history. So he can kind of carry this team through those games where they're not available. So I think he should stay. And I pray, pray, pray that Kawhi and Paul George can stay healthy because when they do, this team can be good. And another thing about this Clippers team is there's a lot of question marks surrounding Ty Lue and him staying there because of what's gone on in this past couple, like, season or so. And there's so many rumors it's of him possibly leaving. now, though, right? It, yeah, now, but, like, you just don't know. You don't know the turmoil surrounding this team, whether they keep Ty Lue or not. I just think there's if there's question marks surrounding your coach, it's never going to help you in a season. So I think that's also part of why I think they should be lower. 76ers? They're just just—they're basically where the Nuggets were before this. You have to prove it now. Bit surprised they're a bit low. I, I would put Nick Nurse immediately. I would throw that team a little bit higher. I think it's the James think. Harden factor. You don't know if he's coming back or not. Because of the question marks, they probably want to be safer on that. I actually can't wait to watch James Harden and Embiid. That's the one thing that every time I keep saying it come out of my mouth, it feels so weird, but it's going to be so fun to watch. What, James, we did. But James Harden and Embiid? You mean Nick, Nick Nurse? Nurse. Nick Nurse. Okay. Oh, like James Harden and Embiid. We've seen lots of that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with I don't need to see more James Harden and Embiid. <laughs> the flop brothers. sounded excited about it a second I ago. did sound excited. <laughs> You're right. I, I, I flipped real fast. Uh, three more teams, Mavericks, Warriors, and Lakers, plus 1,200. Mavericks, no. big question mark with Kyrie, whether have, he's going to yeah. come back. I just don't. I would not have Mavericks, Warriors, yeah. the lack of depth. I could talk about the Mavs. You just for the now. Warriors are like the, an old they man. They need to pick a direction. Are and they going to ride out this old guard, or are you going to finally transition to new guard? And it's not easy because a big part of the old guard in Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are well past their prime now, to be quite yeah. honest. Whereas Steph Curry is not, and, and you don't. It'd be insane to move on from Steph Curry. Yeah, they won't trade him forever. But like, is Steph going to? They is, shouldn't. Is I'm Steph sorry. Gonna, no. no, they're not going to never trade. Is they Steph going to want to play ever. with this young core? Because it doesn't seem like he meshes well with them as he does with it with his like. In basically his partners in Clay Thompson and uh, Draymond, and you also have a guy like uh, Andrew Wiggins still there, was kind of like at the middle ground. Yeah. Also, Bob Myers is gone, so I mean, they need new leadership. If also. a new person still comes Jordan in, they could very well decide to you know take a different direction. So got to figure out the Jordan Poole incident. Yeah, they one can. of Jordan Poole and Draymond has to go, and it's probably Draymond Green. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think they keep Draymond over Jordan Poole. I think if a new guy or a new person comes in uh, as GM which there is going to be, obviously. I think they're going to choose to not go with uh, Draymond and Clay. I think they're both gone, to be honest. I think Draymond would just retire if he's not on this team. He really wants to play, to play with, with LeBron. the Lakers yeah, and he LeBron. Play with LeBron he has such a good relationship with LeBron no, James. No, no. Him and LeBron are boys. I never want to see that. According to Draymond. Oh, like, it would suck for the rest of the league, but I think that's what Draymond would want. Outside of staying with the Warriors, his probably his like next option or his plan B is most likely going to join LeBron and the Lakers. And they would love having him on that team. No. <laughs> I don't want it. And then, yeah, Lakers are also there, too, which I think, fair enough. If they keep right. most of Yeah, they went to the conference we'll finals. We'll you see what happens. Yeah, their team they started the season You still have LeBron. AD was kind of healthy towards mm-hmm. the end of the season. Let's see what happens. I don't think Mavericks should be that high, though. That team building is just been atrocious I don't for know. Like I think, five years now. I think it's hard when you have Kyrie and Luka, if Kyrie stays, to like really count them out because they should be the best duo in the league. What, for a pure they? talent point? Best offensive. I don't think so. Best offensive, yes. But they can't you, play defense to save their life. Don't you take away from Luka having a player like Kyrie? Like That's what I thought. All, I, I don't understand that trade at all. I think still, it's too, we've seen too now, little. But. We've seen too little to fully make up our 
like midseason trades very rarely work out that well, especially with an offensive gelling when it like I think we have to they have to give him another like year before we can yeah, actually sit here and be like it doesn't work. Well, the let's Kyrie. See if Kyrie stays, who knows? Right. If Kyrie doesn't go to the Lakers or something if like that. If I was too. Mark Cuban though, I would have been going after a big man and probably not another ball handler, but yeah, you they like have Christian Dwight Wood? Powell. You don't like Christian Wood? I like Dwight Powell. Don't like Christian Wood. You guys Fair don't enough. think KD and Book are a better offensive duo? I, I think, think as a, a I think as an offensive pairing, KD and Book are better. I think in terms of like uh, what's it, the right word? Like spark plug or like energy. I think the the burst you can get out of Kyrie and uh, Luca is probably a tad bit higher because of where Katie's at. Well, yeah, I think game. obviously they're both spectacular players, and I think this is more so directed towards Kyrie, who's an amazing player, obviously. But I feel like because of how flashy he is and how hard he makes the game, like how difficult some shots he makes are, I think people are like, oh, like he's like the most skilled in like the league and stuff. And like someone like Jokic, who's like, you know, makes it look really easy, I think is way more skilled than Kyrie. And I think the average viewer will, like, look at Kyrie and be like, oh, my God, that was, like, the hardest shot I've ever seen. That guy must be so skilled. And I feel like because of that, Kyrie gets slightly overrated. Not saying he's a bad player or anything. He's a spectacular player. Dan, just say it with your chest. Do you think just Kyrie's say a little overrated? Just say it. I, yeah, I did. He said he's overrated. Did I not say, say it with your chest? You got to say it louder. <laughs> He's overrated. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to clip yeah, that. But yeah, okay. I'm going to that's going on the socials. And I I'm agree with say. you because if you simplify the conversation down to is uh, Nikola Jokic more skilled than Kyrie Irving, I would probably lean towards no Nikola question. Jokic. Yeah. I don't even think I that's a question. I would hope you do at this point. Is there, there going to be people that are going to say Kyrie? A hundred percent. Nick yes, Wright was yeah. really. I think very Nick casual. Fans. I would argue Doncic is more skilled, but I would, a lot of casual fans would say Kyrie. Kyrie. Kyrie is of course one of is. the best. Yeah. Ball. But people will. But like, but the innocent. No, Kyrie is one of the best ball handlers of all That's time. That's why. Is it? Which is true. He yeah. is. He's an elite shooter, mm-hmm. and uh, he's one of the best probably layup makers that's not a real term but like you know what i mean like you, but what has kyrie done yeah, but not just specifically finishing through contact and stuff which he can do but in terms of just like being able to make a layup kyrie is like on par with probably the best ever like guards sure. ever but kyrie's done regard. nothing outside of the Cavs. yes but he was pretty spectacular there i'm not disagreeing that Jokic is more skilled in my opinion yeah but if you're asking why people are gonna say that that's probably why he is he's one of the best players to ever dribble the skill of dribbling a basketball, there's probably maybe only like three, four guys better than him. They haven't seen your handles. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, he walked the ball up the hey, court every time I was the, I pick up, I was the guard. So I mean, the point the guard versus point guard. Hey, I couldn't j- hit a jump shot for my life, but I was distributing the ball very well in our pickup run. You were. Nice, like, I was facilitating. You had over the top like, throws. They were, yeah. they were good, man. So you're very half of Kyrie. Uh, maybe like a third. More like a Michael Carter-Williams. <laughs> you know what? I will gladly take uh, Michael Carter-Williams. I, I was Rookie of the year? Come on. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Suns are the next team, plus 850. We don't really need to get into them a bit more. Bucks after that, plus 600. Fair enough. Yeah. I think Adrian Griffin is a question. I see you saying question mark. I don't think he's a question mark. I think we got to see how that works. We got to see how he helps this team out. I think that they're going to obviously be a favorite in the East regardless, as long as Giannis is there. And Chris Middleton has a $40 million player option. Yeah, that's, wow. that's a fun one. Yeah, that's a big question mark around this team. Another one, Jalen Brown. And the Celtics, second best odds, plus five fifty. See what happens yeah. with Brown. I think they got the most talented team, top to bottom, but they just can't figure out that their issues, their chemistry issues. So we'll see again. 
Another we're gonna year. run it, it back. Maybe. We're gonna see what Joe Mazzula can do in his second year. They'll get a guy like I think. I think this is a very underrated part of their season that was lost in Daniel Gallinari. I think if Gallo was there, he would have made a difference for this team, especially offensively. And he's also just a veteran presence to have. So getting a guy like that back, rebuild, retooling rather this roster, and Joe Mazzula getting another year under his belt. It's a player option that he has, right? Gallo. Yep. I, I don't I think he signed like a two year or something, so he probably does have a player option. I'm not sure. But if he's with that team, I think he's gonna provide a great boost off the bench. Obviously he's coming back from a major injury, so that is gonna play a role. But that plus Missoula getting another year under his belt and hopefully Jalen Brown developing a bit more, especially that dribble and his handling, I think it makes sense why the Celtics are this high. What if the Celtics go after someone like Boyan Bogdanovich. He's currently mm-hmm. rotting in mm-hmm. Detroit, so somebody come that save him. That would be such a good Stop giving up. them more talent. Sorry. They don't need it. They don't need him. Just instantly when you said Ooh. Gallo, I just they thought don't, of, They don't need Bogdanovich. Like they the don't. Celtics? Yeah. But Bogdanovich needs them. That would be an them. amazing pickup, though. <laughs> sure. You can play small forward. You'll probably end up in Denver. But then you, yeah, I think you'd want to start the team he goes to. You're going to have too many mouths at that point, I think. Especially if you have Gallinari coming. Like, that's way oh, too yeah, many mouths to feed. Probably. Well, you still have Brogdon there. You still have... Is Bogdanovich okay coming off the bench? If it's a championship he, team and seeing the players around them, I'm sure he'd be okay with it. Then you absolutely would do that then. You absolutely have to take that. He could be a good he fit in Miami, actually. He is such a good scorer and a great one-on-one Bob defender. Bogdanovich would be a fantastic fit in Miami. That's a good would, show. That's even, yeah, that's even better. What a season. What a season. I think that's a that's a good way to and who, cap who, who, off this episode. We don't need episode. to go into them, but who's got the best odds, obviously? Yeah, the Nuggets. The Denver. Why oh, you got to say it like that? The Denver mm-hmm. Nuggets, your 2023 you. NBA champions, yeah, yeah. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Kishner's finest. Our NBA champions. That about wraps it up for this episode. I'm glad we, we had that little. We, we readjusted ourselves after that chaotic whatever Ken, whatever uh, Man, Spencer was throwing out. out there. <laughs> Shout out Aunt Polly and her white picket fence, fence bro. What? The Shout out Aunt Polly. Can we talk like that? Shout out Tom Sawyer. Shout out Charles Dickens. Moby Dick. Literature and that. Just yeah. literature. Are we stuff. becoming a reading podcast? What books have you guys Hell been reading? Hell no. Have you been reading? Uh, I don't read, clearly. No. <laughs> um, I'm reading Restaurant at the End of the Universe right now. Restaurant at the end of the universe? Yeah, it's a sequel to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I thought you were going to talk about time. like the... <laughs> The uh, cabin at the end of the world. Is that that's what you're talking about? You know? No, this is like a satirical science fiction book. Are you liking it? Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is like one of my favorite books. And I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying number two. I just like that writing style. So, yeah. That's what I'm reading. <laughs> reading. Yeah, I'm reading The Glass Hotel. That's what I'm reading. Oh, yeah. What's that about? Eh, it's about a hotel that's made out of glass. The Glass Onions? Oh, wow. It's, that uh, was a good movie. I'm 90, 90 pages into it, so I can't really give you more than that. It's by the person who did uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. Don't know it. Really? It's like one of the most popular books right now. Daisy they made Jones a show and the too. Six? It's a yeah. new show, yeah. It's the it's Station like, uh, Eleven. Music. And the six. She's an art artist. Wait, or music? Africa. You mean like Rush? <laughs> Never heard it's of it. It's kind of like them. Oh, it's got Finnick. Who? Isn't this the guy who played Finnick in Hunger Games? Sam... Yeah, it I is. just rewatched the Hunger Games series. Not They're that not long very ago. good. They're all right. They're all right. Catching Fire is good. Catching yeah. Fire bangs, bro. It's a good movie. <laughs> Should we end the podcast? Probably. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. I Shout think... out Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Shout out. Is there more behind that, or you just show no Jennifer? No, Lawrence? I'm just shouting out. There can't be more behind that. My girlfriend hates Jennifer Lawrence, so really, I'm not oh. gonna get. I don't know what it is. That's why you're shouting around. Jess Jenny. is no, because I just love the Hunger Games saga. Just I don't know nostalgia. 
But Did you watch the trailer really... for the new one? There's a new one? Yeah. Yeah. It's the prequel with Snow. That's the, the Ballad of Song. No, what is it? Ballad of Song and Fire. No, that's Game no, of Thrones. Whoa, Game whoa. Of Song and Birds. <laughs> Something like Songbirds? that. Songbirds? I don't know. It's a with Ballad uh, of Songbirds and Snakes. There you go. Oh, Ooh. I did Basically see the trailer from like ages ago. Susan I don't think it looks but... very good. It's got Hunter Schaefer in it, though, so I'll probably watch it. I don't really care. Okay. On that note. I guess we'll end the podcast. And if you want to hear more about movies and shows, <sighs> I wasn't gonna plug that one. But yeah, yeah, Jake has another podcast. I do. All right, don't okay. Not... Don't look at me like you. Don't <laughs> so don't double dip with your podcasts. Jake you has another podcast. Like We're thing. not gonna <laughs> talk <laughs> about <laughs> it. <laughs> <in> <laughs> podcast. I'm proud of you. Uh, yeah, let's go around and give our socials. Let's wrap this episode up. Uh, thank you guys for watching. If you want to hear more from us, the off season has started. Just because it's the off season, I, we should preface that. We probably should have mentioned this earlier. Does not mean we're going anywhere. We're still gonna be putting up episodes. Uh, NBA is a drama series, everyone. There's going to be so much to talk about this entire offseason. We just barely touched the surface. We're going to go over in a couple episodes from now. We're going to talk about our favorite moments from the year because there's this could quite possibly be the funniest year that's happened. And there's such a good meme out there that's like showing all the funny stuff that happened. But if you want to learn more from us, you can follow us on Twitter, dream underscore team pod for our socials. As well, you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to find us. And if you want to find me anywhere else, my socials is Jake underscore Schultz, S-E-H-U-L-Z-6 on Twitter. I do have a podcast, like Daniel mentioned, with someone named Mr. Mike Collins, who will never get on this podcast. <laughs> Just have to <laughs> throw that in there. Hater. Get him on the pod. Let's go. He's my begrudging host for that one, uh, Cinemates. You can find us also on Spotify or podcast there. That about does it for me, Zulfi. Yeah, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Zulfi underscore Shake. That's Z-U-L-F-I underscore S-H-E-I-K-H. You can catch all my tweets about everything basketball and the CEBL. I'll do a shout-out there. I work for the CEBL. Shout-out CEBL. CEBL's great basketball. Come watch. Big moves, bro. You can find me on Twitter at Sport. C-L-O-S-S Talks Sport. And I'm not really active on Instagram, so don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Raptors Vision. Um, I'm also not active on Instagram, and uh, I probably wouldn't want you following it anyways because I don't know you. Whoa! Um, wow, yeah, you know, you with, with all due respect, first you insult our listeners by saying that we only have three of them. Yeah, now I you're mean, saying you don't follow me on Instagram. Dan, I mean, with on? all due respect, I feel like Instagram is more like private based. I can't wait to listen to this back and then unfollow you when I hear that. <laughs> Dan clearly has things that will get him canceled on his Instagram, which is why he keeps yeah, it private. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm only active on Twitter anyways, um, but. Uh, I also have another podcast. It's a soccer podcast. If you like soccer, you should listen to it. It's called The Kickaboot. You know, like a play on words like The Kickaboot. It's Canadian stuff. You know how it goes. Um, listen to that. We're releasing an episode very soon uh, about how Manchester City won the treble. So, yeah, check that out. Shout out City. Shout out Twitter. Psych. <laughs> you were real good wow. at selling people on wanting wow. to just engage with you. No, man, I was like, I'm going to shout out to him. I'm like, no free advertisement. Never. You can follow uh, me on Twitter. That's the one place yeah, that you Yeah, just follow go. me on Twitter. Not Instagram, though. N- no. I don't use Instagram. And again, if I did, I wouldn't want you following <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, Lord have mercy. Adam on Facebook. Uh, I don't think I have Facebook. I still have. Yeah. Let's. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. I'm sorry, everyone, if you're still somehow listening to this by the end of this. Thank you so much for the support throughout the last two rounds of 
the NBA playoffs and yeah, season. Keep, keep liking, keep downloading, send us some reviews Give and ratings, reviews. some comments. We want all the feedback, so please keep sharing. Hitting the top 20 again in Canadian basketball podcasts. Let's go. Shout out that. we got some Shout exciting Polly, stuff bro. in the future yeah. planned out and as well. If you well. have stuff you want us to talk about, mention it so well, we can talk. Anything. Yeah, true. DM Daniel on Instagram to give him your thoughts yeah. on everything you yeah. want to read. Uh, DM Instagram. Daniel on Instagram. I will not respond. And no. for all of us here at the Dream Team Podcast, I've been Jake with Zulfi, Spencer, and Daniel. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Thanks, everybody.